Well, good afternoon, real estate fans. Alice Lima here, broker John L. Scott, with another edition of the weekly podcast. Today, we're going to talk about shared equity. Great idea or terrible idea? So before we get into that, because uh, it's going to be a good one, and we've talked about shared equity off and on for years, but there's a new kind of big money trend coming our way. So I want to talk about it. So before we do that, I'm getting ahead of myself. Give you a quick second to subscribe to the channel. Give us a like, send some questions or comments, share with your friends and family. Um, and as always, if you need to speak or text privately, just get me at this number, 541-301-7980. And we'll talk about what to do with the next step of your real estate life. Okay. But for now, let's talk about shared equity. Great idea or terrible idea. So um, shared equity is the technical term for more than one person buying an asset and you split the ownership. So this is one of my favorite, favorite things to do with friends and family for real estate, because it really helps like, um, it helps like families that have an older person like me. And then we have millennial home buyers. Uh, we can own it together. It helps them. It helps me. It spreads out the risk. It allows us to build much more wealth more quickly through real estate because we have more addresses in our life. We actually end up with a portfolio at some point of real estate addresses. So I think these can be amazing arrangements, but they do have pitfalls. Um, I remember uh, my first educational video on this topic was called uh, Mortgage Before Matrimony. And it has to do with buying and selling uh, real estate assets with your sweetheart. And it's still on YouTube and, and it's still very, very uh, noteworthy. And then there's also a few more I've done talking about um, multi-generational shared equity arrangements, um, buying and selling with uh, investors or business partners. So there's a whole bunch of them on there. But the reason it's coming up again now is because like the big money people, the Wall Street investment people, they're starting to use this as a business model. And you may start hearing about it. It's more common overseas right now, but it's starting, like we're getting wind that it's it's starting to uh, get some legs here in America. And I just want you to be prepared because if a uh, a random investor approaches you or even somebody through your lender, some of the mortgage companies are offering this on the side. It's like, oh, here's your mortgage. You can't quite qualify. Well, here's these investors and they'll put in 30% of the um, fees and, and the down payment, blah, 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 blah. And then there'll be a 30% owner and you can have this house. You can have a bigger house. So that's kind of the pitch, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I, I can hear in my own voice, I'm like making it sound kind of um, like maybe it's negative. I'm just a little, first of all, surprised that this is coming down the pike so fast, but also I think the education level of the general population is not quite there to know even what questions to ask. So it's one thing to do one of these arrangements with somebody you love and trust, but it's another thing to do it with a, a random business partner. And I'm not saying that's a bad idea. It's just, you want to check them out and here's what you want to do. You want to find out who they really are. So you need to go behind the corporation. Um, you also want to look for some reviews. You don't want to be the first one <laughs> You're going to do this with like a, a random company. 
Um, you want to find out what happens if they go bust. Like if you've got a an equity arrangement, like they own 30% of your house or 20% of your house, what happens if they go bust? Um, so this is where really, really good real estate attorneys come in handy. Um, but also just talking it out with people who have done arrangements like this, whether it's with somebody you love and trust or with a stranger business partner kind of person. Um, and again, if you're going to partner with somebody, it's it's what I always say. You want somebody who is financially responsible and they are historically financially responsible. They live below their means. They save their money. That's another good sign. Um, they keep their word and calm. You want a more business-like energy and attitude when you're doing these arrangements. So if you're doing it with somebody you love and trust, you want somebody who's not emotional, who's got ink in their printer at all times, <laughs> who pays their bills a little early and, you know, maybe only goes on vacation once every other year. And I'm not saying that any of that is bad or frivolous because everybody needs to take care of themselves. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But when you're going out and entering into these, it's like a financial marriage. You just want to make sure you know who you're dealing with and you want to write down all the expectations. So um, one of the other uh, things that does not get talked about often enough in these arrangements, whether they're with a business entity or a, a, a relative or friend, is uh, who makes the decisions about the paint color and the this and the that. So when I do one of these, it explicitly says in there, we're not discussing that. We're not discussing paint colors. I'm the lead investor. I've already picked everything. I'm not saying this is how you're going to roll because this is kind of heavy handed, but the idea is you want to think about all this stuff. Think about the ownership relationship and the stuff you're going to have to decide in the five or 10 years you're going to be together and write it down, talk about it and have a plan. So, um, and, and the idea that people should have arguments and business breakups over paint color, I just find like a bad reason to break off a financial arrangement, especially if it's profitable. Um, but um, I think that's a really good example of, of an item that can be a really, really big deal later if you don't talk about it now, because every partner has their own expectation in their head. The other thing that you want to definitely document and make sure of is what happens if one of you passes away or goes bankrupt. So if you're doing business with somebody and that entity dissolves or passes away, who are you going to be dealing with next? And you want to write all that down in today's contract. Okay. But again, I've got, gosh, probably four or five videos that go into more detail. Um, so you can go check those. But this idea that a company, like a Wall Street investment kind of company, um, are start, that, that they're starting to do this, it's fascinating on the marketing side. It's in a way kind of genius, but it's a little scary to me because I'm worried people are going to be giving up too much of their equity for not enough money. Um, and if you are going to do one of these, then try to be the more than 50% shareholder. You know, always try to be the major when possible. Okay. And if you're doing it with your friends or your family or your kids or like somebody else's kids, but they're just like a great hardworking person and you want to do this with them, you can always reach out to me and I'll give you um, a couple of pointers. We can talk about your situation in particular, but, um, but it's fun, you know, in Oregon, you, if you're married, you can still buy real estate separately. 
um, because we're not a community property state. So, you know, couples that are married can buy things and have multiple arrangements uh, without, you know, needing the other partner's um, approval in writing, but it gives you vehicles to create more wealth more quickly by having more assets. Um, and you can't do that in just any state if you're in a, um, a union like that. Um, but it, if you're not in a matrimonial union, um, you can, you can do these with, with other people. Um, and the benefit to the other person is you might give them like an extra $5,000 when you sell, or you, you give them their percentage of the rent that's being collected. Uh, but they also have responsibilities for the expenses. So however you slice and dice this, write it down and then make sure um, everybody understands it's this much profit and this much expense because you're a partner. Okay. And if you do get approached by um, one of these investment companies or a lender says, Hey, we're going to start offering this so that, you know, you don't have to buy the house by yourself. I would love to hear about it because we're kind of tracking how fast this gets legs here in the States. Okay. So that's all I've got for today. Uh, give me a call. Give me a text 541-301-7980. Have a beautiful weekend. Hug those you love. Bye now.